Take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm 103, please. Psalm 103. And as you find your place in your copy of God's Word, uh, let me repeat what Kevin Seeger said about the budget discussion tonight that will be in the chapel. If you've not picked up a copy of the proposed 2020 budget, they're in the lobby today. If you would make sure you get a copy and review that and come prepared tonight. As always, we're following our custom. Uh, it's a discussion without a vote. Next Sunday morning, by ballot, we will vote without discussion. And so that's the way uh, we've all, that's the pattern we've always followed, and we'll do so again. So come tonight at 5 o'clock and be in the chapel. Also, already, uh, people have mentioned about the boxes. Uh, if you did not get yours prepared, don't worry. Uh, all this week here at Pitts in the core, uh, we are a relay center. So you can uh, go ahead and get a box today, fill it, and bring it. And the hours are listed in your messenger this morning each day, including Saturday, when the, uh, when the boxes can be dropped off. Just one other quick word. Uh, what a blessing to be in a time of very low unemployment. But the challenge of that is finding workers. And so you'll notice a little blurb in the bulletin this morning also about our CDC center. Uh, they're looking for workers. They need help. They need teachers. So if you're interested in that, there's some instructions about how you can apply and uh, follow through with that if you're interested. Psalm 103, count your blessings. Would you stand for the reading of the Word of God, please? Count your blessings. It's a psalm of David, and David says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise His holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed His character to Moses and His deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. Slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us, nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For His unfailing love uh, toward those who fear Him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to His children, tender and compassionate to those who fear Him. For He knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. 
The wind blows and we're gone. And though we've, as though we've never been here. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear Him. His salvation extends to the children's children of those who are faithful to His covenant, of those who obey His commandments. The Lord has made the heavens His throne. From there He rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels, you mighty ones who carry out His plans, listening for each of His commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve Him and do His will. Praise the Lord, everything He has created, everything in all His creation. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Father, we do want to praise you today. Because you are worthy to be praised. And Lord, even as David said here, may all that we are and with all that we have, may we praise you. Lord, as we go into this holiday season and we begin with thanksgiving, may we count our blessings. Lord, help us to spend time each day reflecting on all of the bountiful blessings that you have heaped upon us. You are a good God, a benevolent God, a merciful God. And we thank you for that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. In his commentary uh, on the book of Psalms, Dr. Stephen Lawson gives the following illustration. He writes, Robert Kennedy... An American missionary to South America once visited the dense jungle of the Amazon. And while there, he began talking with a Brazilian Indian who had recently come to know Christ. Now, working through a translator, the communication was strained. So the salvation of this newly converted uh, Indian was unknown to Kennedy. He asked the Brazilian, what do you most enjoy doing? Now, as he asked that question, he expected all of the common and generic answers of that particular Indian tribe. He assumed that the man would talk about hunting and fishing and canoeing. But the man didn't say that at all. The man said his supreme enjoyment in all of life was being occupied with God. Well, missionary Kennedy thought, surely the man's understood my question. So he asked the question again and the response came back the same. That the man enjoyed more than anything else in all of life since his salvation being occupied with God. Folks, that's what Psalm 103 is all about, being occupied with God. Gratitude and worship is not simply a matter of religion and rules and and rituals. It is about a relationship with God where heartfelt gratitude is a very part of one's devotion to God. Many of the Psalms are addressed to God. Still others are addressed to other people. 
the company of the redeemed. But I want you to notice what David is doing in this psalm, at least initially. He's speaking to himself. He's having a conversation with himself. And he is calling upon himself to praise God out of a heart of gratitude. I want you to notice with me first of all today that he magnifies and honors the attributes of God. He begins by saying, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise his holy name. He's reminding himself that God is worthy of our praise. God is holy. Folks, an attribute of God is an innermost characteristic of God. We speak of his attributes. God is holy. God is sovereign. In Psalm 139, we see there that God is omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipresent. He's everywhere at all times. And He's omnipotent. He is all-powerful. Now surely those are reasons to praise Him. There is truly nothing that ever gets past our all-knowing God. And we ought to praise Him for that. And that means that whatever you're going through this holiday season, guess what? God is there with you. And He knows what you're facing. And He knows your needs. Now I'm going to say more a little bit later in the message about the attributes of God. But notice again that David says, I will bless the Lord or I will praise the Lord With all that is within me. In other words, from the very depths of my being. He doesn't want to be superficial. He wants to do it with all of his heart, with all of his soul, with all of his strength. It reminds me of when Jesus said in Matthew 22, when he was asked what the greatest commandment is, he says, you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. David is essentially saying the same thing. With my whole heart, everything that is within me, I will praise the Lord. Now I want you to read down through this psalm and circle all of the times that he uses the word all. All that is within me. All of his benefits. He forgives all of your iniquity. He heals all of your diseases. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. And so again, David says, with all of my being, I will praise God. He wants to bless God. In the best way possible. Now folks I realize this may not be the best text. It's not simply the only text in the Old Testament that points this out. But I want to use it as an illustration of what I'm about to say. Because it's something that we need to be reminded of in the church today. In Hebrew thinking. To say with my whole heart or with all of my soul would mean with everything in one's being. Every single fiber of your existence. They meant the totality of man. 
You see, they thought of man's makeup, the Hebrews thought of man's makeup being more of a unity. Now, what do we do today? Today, we tend to get our thinking from, from the Greeks on this. We divide man up. We compartmentalize man. We, we talk about uh, our body and then our soul and our mind and, and we divide all this up. Now in Hebrew thinking, even though they would talk about these different aspects of our being, they thought of the man as a complete unity. And when they did want to speak of all of the heart, like loving God with all of your heart, oftentimes they wouldn't use the word heart. Their concept was the kidneys or the liver. I love you with all of my kidney. I love you with all of my liver. They would even say the bowels. I love you with all of my bowels. Now, guys, I recommend that you probably not say to your wife, I love you with all of my bowels. I'm not sure that's going to get you very far. But uh, the reason I bring this up, because we can think about you know, worshiping God with our soul, our mind. We come into church on Sunday and, and we give God our heart, our soul, our mind. And then we go out on Monday morning and we don't make the connection that everything we do with our life and everything we do with our body is likewise to be an act of worship. Folks, we need to stop and think about that, don't we? Everything you do tomorrow at school, everything you do at work, is to be an act of worship. Your whole being. Don't just think, well, I went to church yesterday and fed my soul. No. Again, think of every part of you, and that's what David is doing here. It makes us realize how every part of our life is constantly to be an offering to God. That's how we are to live our lives. Now back to the psalm here. David is saying, God with all of me, I praise your holy name. God's name is holy. I want to talk again a moment about the attributes of God. Attributes are those qualities about your life, those characteristics about your life that are essential to who you are. We speak of the attributes of God. We speak of God being love. God is love. And man today certainly likes to think about the love of God. In fact, we will grab a hold of the love of God and we will forget about all the other attributes of God. We'll hear people say something like, because God is love, God would never judge me. God would never judge anybody. God would not be angry. It's kind of the attitude, hey, I'm okay. You're okay. Everybody's okay. 
That ignores the fact that the Bible says that God is holy. In fact, the Bible says God is so holy, he cannot even look upon sin. And the scripture says that he will indeed judge sin. In fact, when Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 6 saw that vision of God in the temple, he saw the seraphim flying around the throne. And what were they crying out? They were crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Our God is holy. In fact, that's the attribute in the scripture that is emphasized the most. There are other attributes of God, but the holiness of God is emphasized the most. He's omniscient, he's love, he's holy. He's omniscient, he's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. All of those things. The wonderful attributes of God. David highlights here the fact that God's name is holy. And God's name is to be praised. His name likewise stands for all that he is. God is worthy of our praise. Now folks when we think about that this Thanksgiving I want us to understand what this psalm is teaching us. Before we get into everything that we are thankful for, first of all, we need to worship God simply for who He is. We need to focus on God. Every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights. But before we start thinking about all of those blessings, let's think first of all about God. And where would we be without Him? Now parents, you can relate to this. Now obviously your kids love you because of what you do for them and how you provide for them. But you also want them to love you just because of who you are. Likewise your kids don't want you to love them just because what they do that they might be pleasing you. They, they want you to love them just for who they are at all times. How much more with God? That we need to love God, not just because of what all he's done, we'll get to that in a, mo in a moment, but we need to love God because of who he is. Amen? Now, with that said, look at what David does next. Secondly, he itemizes the benefits of God. He begins in verse 2 saying, Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things He does for me. He forgives all my sin, heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. He begins here itemizing His blessings. Now you know what it is to itemize. You get a bill. And you don't understand that bill. Maybe the bill is more than you think it should be. And so you go back up through the bill and you look at every single charge. And if every single charge is not there, you call the company and you ask for them to itemize. Well, that's what David is doing here with blessings from God. 
He's walking down memory lane, so to speak, and he's taking a good long look at everything God has ever done in his life. We need to do that. We need to remember God. We need to not forget all of his benefits. It was said in 2 Chronicles 32 of Hezekiah that his heart was proud and he did not respond to the kindness shown him. Therefore the Lord's wrath was on him and on Judah and Jerusalem. You see what Hezekiah did? He forgot God. And I think of that text in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Where Moses is about to send the children of Israel over into the promised land. Moses is not going to be able to go. They're going to go under Joshua. Joshua will lead them across the Jordan and into the new land. And so Moses is reviewing for the children of Israel about all of the blessings that God did for them. Because remember, many of them were too young to remember. The ones who are going to get to enter into the promised land, they've been children because everybody 20 years of age and older died off in the wilderness. And so Moses is reviewing for the children of Israel who are now the adults and many of them have even been born after these events. He is reviewing for them all of the blessings that God has done for them. And he tells them, make sure when you get into the new land that you don't get busy building your own businesses and growing your own fields and flocks and herds and building your own homes and you forget about God. He said, if you forget about God, you'll start taking credit for all that you've done and then you will be judged. Because God will judge you just like he's judged all the other nations before you. Folks, an emphasis in scripture that we must not forget the benefits of God. There's a lot of things we forget in life. Have you ever forgot anything in life? Sure you have. Have you ever forgot an anniversary? No? Good for you, Melvin. Good for you. We got one couple in church. The wife was angry at the husband. And he finally found out why. She said, you don't remember what today is? And he got thinking. He said, no, I don't. She said, it's our anniversary. And he said, no, it's not. And they got, she got to thinking and she was like, you know, you're right. It's not our anniversary. She got the day wrong. <laughs> we all know what it is to forget. My, my home preacher growing up, Leland Stevens, he told me one time, he said, Scott, don't ever do what I did in the ministry one time. He said, I was down in South Carolina. I was 100 miles away from home and I was picking strawberries one Saturday out in a strawberry field and I kept thinking I'm forgetting something there's something I'm supposed to be remembering he kept picking strawberries but he couldn't get that off of his mind and finally it dawned on him he was supposed to be back in Charlotte doing a wedding 
some things you don't want to forget. <laughs> Most of us have forgotten things from time to time. Well, certainly we are not to forget God. And, and what David is doing here is remembering God and remembering all the blessings of God. And look at what tops the list. There in verse 3, he points out that God forgives all of your iniquities. He says, he forgives all of my sins and heals all of my diseases. Iniquity, sin. The Hebrew word literally refers to a crookedness, a perverseness, a crooked way. We don't go a straight path. We've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And God's forgiven us. God's forgiven us of all of our iniquities. We're reminded here that God is a gracious and a forgiving God. Folks, it would do us no good in the long run if God showered all kinds of blessings on us in this life and did not forgive us of our sins and we died and we went into an eternity without Him. That wouldn't do us any good at all. The greatest need man has is to be made right with a holy God. Folks, I'm serious. Some of you think, some of you who don't know the Lord, you think you have other great needs in your life. You need to understand your greatest need is to be made right with God. You need to be reconciled to a holy God. You need to be forgiven. You need to be at peace with God. And Paul reminds us in Romans 5 how that happens. He says, being justified by faith in Jesus Christ, we have peace with God. He goes on to say in Romans 8.1, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We've all sinned against a holy God and God has made atonement for us. The Bible says He has borne the iniquity of us all. Sometimes we don't think of ourselves being that bad. And the reason we think that is because we compare ourselves to one another. But we're not the standard. Jesus is the standard. And folks, up next to Jesus, the best five minutes of your life is still filthy rags. Up next to Him, you see how bad you really are. We've all sinned in thought, in deed, and in motive. And we need to be forgiven. We need to be reconciled. I read the testimony one time of a mental health doctor. And I don't want to be overly simplistic here. And I don't want to reduce it down to just one thing. But this doctor was saying in an interview one time that in his opinion, many of his patients in the mental health hospital could go home if they could only comprehend the fact that in God they could be forgiven. 
forgiveness from God. David said he forgives all of my iniquities. Miss Bertha Smith was a missionary to China. She was from Cowpen, South Carolina. She went to China. She never married. And she was concerned about never marrying, never having any children. And God laid on her heart the children of China were her children. And she served there for all of her life. She didn't die until she was just a few months before turning 100 years old. She said, you know what God has done with my sin? He's thrown it away into a faraway sea and put up a no fishing sign. That's what God's done with our sin. In Christ, you can be forgiven. Come to Him. Well, the second benefit, David mentions here that God heals. Not only does He forgive, but He heals. He heals all of my diseases. Now, we know that God doesn't heal always on this side of the grave. But folks, God does heal. This verse has played along with the verse in Isaiah 53 that says, By His stripes we are healed. These verses have played a role in some systems of theology that say there's healing in the atonement. Is there healing in the atonement? Yes. Yes, eventually. For some though, again, the healing is going to come on the other side. But some want to say that when Jesus died for you on the cross and atoned for your sins, that there is healing for everybody right now, that all you've got to do is claim it. And if you have enough faith, it can be yours. But that's not reality, is it? Even the Apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh and God didn't heal him of it. Sometimes God has a purpose. In our diseases. But again, does he heal? Yes, he heals eventually. I think what David is also saying here is that when we are healed, as we often are, it is God who did it. God's the healer. One of his names in the Old Testament was Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. And so whenever we have good health restored to us, it's God who ultimately did it. Now, God might have used doctors, God might have used medicines, but God is the one who ultimately brought healing to your body. God did it. And we certainly know there is coming a new day that everything will be healed. John says he saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. And then down in verse 4 of Revelation 21 he says God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes and there shall no longer be any death. There shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain because the, the first things have passed away. What a glorious day that's going to be. Well, a third benefit. 
He says in verses 4 and 5 that God redeems, God crowns, and God satisfies. I want to talk about all those elements together because they form a unity. God redeems. Again, we think of forgiveness, and yes, it means that, as I've already pointed out. But it also carries out the idea of redeeming something for a new purpose. For a new purpose. When God forgives, He washes away your sin, but He purchases you, purchases you for a new purpose. You're His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. You've got a new reason to live. That's wrapped up in this word here, redeemed. David said he crowns you with loving kindness and mercy. It's one of the greatest words in the Hebrew Old Testament. Hesed. There's not a single English word that can translate it because it's one of the richest words in the Bible. God's steadfast love, His covenant love, His kindness, His mercy. It describes God's loving arms that He wraps around one of His own. And then notice he says here too that God satisfies. Not only does God save and forgive, but he satisfies. He brings a deep and abiding richness and contentment into one's life. What's the result? You are renewed day by day and you are strengthened. You're satisfied. Folks, isn't it great to know as a child of God you can wake up in the morning and whatever you're going through, at whatever moment in your life you're going through, there can be, there can be a satisfaction, a contentment, and a joy that comes with that. Well, in verses 6 and 7, uh, David points out that God is mindful of those who struggle. He says, The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed His character to Moses and His deeds to the people of Israel. Now, the example David gives here, of course, is God's concern for the children of Israel. For example, think with me about how the book of Exodus begins. The book of Exodus points out that there was a new Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. And because of that, the new Pharaoh made slaves out of the Hebrews. The Bible says they were deeply oppressed. And in their oppression, they cried out to God. And Exodus 1 says God saw their oppression and their affliction And he was concerned for them. Because he was concerned for them, what did he do? He sent them a deliverer, Moses. And through Moses, God delivered them out of the land of slavery with his strong and his mighty hand. And he led them into their own land. He rescued them. The point is that God sees us in our afflictions and troubles and He cares for us and He intervenes. 
Verse 8 points out that God is patient. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. Thank God He's patient with us. If God were not patient with us, we would all be consumed in His anger. Now folks, when you think of your own life, what if God were not patient with you? Where would you be? You would be without hope. It's only because of His patience that you are even saved to begin with. And then finally I want to point out that God sympathizes with us despite our limitations. God sympathizes with us despite our limitations. Beginning there in verse 14, David said, For he knows how weak we are. He remembers we are only dust. Our days on earth are like grass, like wildflowers. We bloom and die. The wind blows. We're gone as though we had never been there. But the love of the Lord remains forever with those who fear him. His salvation extends To the children's children. God knows we're but dust. He made Adam from the dust. Man returns to the dust. And typically man only lives, what, 70 or 80 years. God is eternal. But yet God stoops to be mindful of us and to be sympathetic of us. Even though we are as transient and temporary as the wildflowers of the field, we are here today and gone tomorrow. And what does God do? God condescends to us. God comes down to us. We're just a little minor blip on the screen, that's all. But God condescends to us that is an amazing fact to think of that the eternal God condescends to men who will only be here about 70 years isn't that amazing let me give you an analogy of that it's not a perfect analogy few analogies are perfect but I want you to think about man and animals okay man and animals If you know anything about me, you know I love my dog. He's my little buddy. I love my grandkid and I love my dog. Yeah, I love my family too. (laughs) He's a good dog. In the neighborhood one night, walking him through the neighborhood, some church members were sitting around a bonfire and sitting around a fire pit they'd made. And uh, he did something he's never, he's never done. He went up and hiked his leg on a church member. That's a good dog. you got to admit, that's a, that took a lot of training to do. That's a good dog. <laughs> well, somehow recently, he ruptured a disc in his neck. A bad rupture. And to hear the way he would scream out every time he would move. Just the shrill and the scream. I mean, it'd send chills down your spine. He's only five years old. 
Our vet recommended a specialty vet over in Charlotte where there's a noted authority in the whole region who operates on these things. Now, you know what most people would say, hey, it's a dog. Put it down, go get another one, right? I mean, put it down, go get another one. They only live 10, 11, 12 years. Just forget about it. Is that right? No. If you love your dog, you know that's not right. What do you do? You condescend to your dog and you try to do what you can to help that animal, right? God in His eternal nature, from eternity past to eternity future, from everlasting to everlasting, the Bible says, you are God. And yet He condescends to me and He condescends to you. God sympathizes with man's limitations. Some might say that we're not even worth God's time and effort. But aren't you glad that's not what God says about us? All of these are the benefits from God that David itemizes. Do you, ever t- do you ever have trouble praising God? Do you ever get so discouraged that you lose your joy? Maybe there are times you get so downcast you even have trouble singing the great songs of the faith. Maybe sometimes you get so down. You don't even feel like coming to church. You ever been there? At times like those, what does the hymn say? Count your blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Sometimes we get so busy in life, we get so focused on what's right in front of us, We don't even take time to count the individual blessings. And I want to encourage you to do that this this Thanksgiving season. Think of all the relationships in your family and friendships God's blessed you with. Think of your job, your income, your home, your provisions, your automobile. Think most about whoever or whatever God used in your life to bring you to faith in Jesus Christ, when you slow down enough to itemize all of those blessings and list them out, you will be surprised not at the scarcity of those blessings, but at the magnitude of them. Focus on those blessings. Where did they come from? They came directly from God. I started with an illustration by Dr. Stephen Lawson. I'll end the same way. Years ago, he says, Thomas Beecher was called upon to substitute for his famous brother, the renowned preacher, Henry Ward Beecher. Now, as usual, many curiosity seekers had come expecting to hear Henry Ward Beecher. When Thomas Beecher took to the pulpit, 
And folks saw that it was not his brother Henry. Many in the audience began getting up and heading for the door. He said, folks, hang on just a moment. All of those who came here this morning to worship Henry Ward Beecher may continue right now to withdraw from the church. But all who came to worship God, would you please remain? God alone is worthy. Let all of God's people focus only upon Him and give to Him hearts of gratitude and praise. Remember today, you're forgiven in Christ. You're promised a day of healing, if not now, one day when He makes all things new. And in the meantime, you are blessed and surrounded with God's provision. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your bounty that you've bestowed on us. You're a good God, a benevolent God, a loving God, a kind and gracious God. You are better to us than we deserve. Lord, in response, I pray that with our whole hearts that we would praise you. All that is within us, every fiber of our being, that we would praise you. Lord, that we would praise you, first of all, just because of who you are. That we would reflect on your attributes, your character. That we would worship you because you are worthy. And Lord, that we would also praise you because of the benefits. All of your kindnesses that you've given to us. Lord, we do recognize, just like James says in James 1, every good and perfect gift comes down from above, from the Father of lights in whom is no shifting shadows. Thank you for all that you give us. Lord, I pray that we would be different than the world around us that will just rush through this holiday season busy about getting everything done and not taking the time to stop and reflect upon you. God, I pray that this week that all within the sound of my voice would take time to get out a notebook or a journal of some sort and begin listing out some of the things you've done for them in their lives Lord if we'll do that we'll be amazed at the magnitude of it for those who don't know you they don't know that they're forgiven or reconciled God I pray that even today they would come to Christ that they would experience that greatest of all blessings of having peace with you It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.